Hello and welcome to the Coon Hunting University Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Duncan. And like always, class is in session. Coon Hunting University is presented by Extreme Dog Fuel. Feed it for life. Find out more at extremedogfuel.com. And Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use the 5% discount code CHU podcast at checkout on nighthunters.com. So, a couple of things to talk about before we get started today. Of course, we released our prizes for the, the Mississippi State PKC Youth Hunt uh, coming March 5th. Man, two brothers, whitetails. I want to give them a shout out for stepping up and really, really helping us out this year. Mr. Brandon Bollinger over there, and also Ricky Bayham from Between the Tines Outdoor Podcast. Ricky's actually a taxidermist too. Tiki Toshka, taxidermist in LaRondra, Louisiana. Man, two brothers, Whitetails, donated a Sitka deer hunt of a lifetime for the kids. And Mr. Ricky's going to mount that deer for free, and it's just right down the road. So the kids can, you know, harvest the animal and then bring it straight to Ricky. And Ricky's going to mount it for them. And also, they're in the drawing for a brand-new Tika T3 with a brand-new scope on it. Man, the gun is sweet. It is nice. And that's to any youth that shows up and enters the night hunt will be entered to those drawings. It's going to be a full day of fun starting at 9. We're going to have a shine time episode after this one where it's just me, Chance, and Mr. Eddie sitting here talking. And we're going to go over that in depth about the state hunt. But please put that on your schedules. It's March 5th, and it's full day of fun. I mean, just the final four of the night hunt get dog boxes. Every cast winner gets $100. It's crazy the amount of prizes that have been stepped up this year, and that's because of people supporting uh, the youth hunt. And the one way that you can do that is to buy a raffle ticket for a brand-new Superior Hellcat Max. Uh, get with me. It's on the Facebook page. You can message me, uh, PayPal me the money. I'll fill out the tickets for you, anything, whatever. If you're interested in that, just hit me up. And you can also find the flyer and the information. I mean, sure, it's plastered all on Facebook, but I do have it on the Facebook, the Coonut University Facebook page. So today... We have Mr. Shane and Micah Ayers. They owned Kentucky or they own Kentucky River Batman, Kentucky River Superman, who won the UKC Triple Crown a couple years ago. And just this line of dogs is black and tans, but they are insane reproducers. Batman's number one. I think three of his puppies are on the top ten list right now. So it's just it's a crazy the reproductive capabilities of these dogs. It really is. And you'll hear Mike and them talk about it and how it got started and it's really it's an interesting interview and I really really enjoyed it and I hope y'all do too. So I'm gonna quit yapping. Without further ado, Mr. Shane and Micah Ayers, y'all sit back and enjoy. Uh, so I got Shane and Micah Ayers here and I'm just I'm the horses can be and I'm sorry about that. Like I told them, I was screaming at them slick tree and walkers got my voice hoarse, but uh trying to get it better. Y'all might hear me munching on a cough drop every now and then. So Shane and Micah, if y'all could please each y'all. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, I'm 40, I think I'm 41 year old. We've lived here in Kentucky all of our life. Uh, we both worked for Kentucky Farm Bureau. And I guess you could say we've coon hunted off and on probably. I have ever since I was, I don't know, 11 or 12 year old, probably. Maybe a little bit younger. But we grew up right here in these hills and mountains and hunted and stayed and been here all of our life. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Mike, are you going to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm just turned 34. I've hunted ever since I've been, I guess, nine or ten year old. 
I've uh, not always hunted black and tans my whole life, but when since I've been serious about it, I guess I've hunted black and tans from then. Like he said, we work at Kentucky Farm Bureau. Um, we we're insurance agents. We have a pretty flexible schedule to hunt off of. I mean, we we uh we've been blessed. Yeah, for sure. I got a bunch of buddies that's insurance agents. They work for Farm Bureau of Mississippi, so that's who my insurance is through, actually. So, who who got y'all started into coon hunting, man? Um, or Papa. I mean, he's the one that uh, kind of he molded us into it. Uh, he he started with Shane first, and then uh, you know I caught the tail end of of the end of Papa's career at coon hunting. But it was just his stories is his charisma about it. I mean, it, he just, uh, he's a special person along with, you know, like Rick Vickers, it's helped us, uh, you know, when we were starting, I mean, he always come pick us up. I mean, you, you, there's just so many people. And so Shane, it seemed like you kind of got to hunt with the, your grandfather more, I guess you'd say, do you have any, like, what was your earliest memories of coon hunting? When did he get y'all started into it? Well, I can remember just being a little boy. I don't guess I was real little, but I was just young. And him and there's an old guy he hunted with all the time, and, which my papa and like most older guys, especially at the time, he always wore big overalls. And I can always remember I, I, I always looked as much forward to going and, and eating the peanuts. They always took peanuts with them and they took every pocket they had in their bibs full of peanuts. And man, I spent a lot of time eating peanuts. And then if the dogs got treed away, Way through the country, way away, I was the one that I always got to <laughs> got to run and go get them. And but he he started he started me into it. They was just something when I was a little little. Which he hunted everything too, but and traps and done a little everything. But dogs and hunting with dogs is just something that I always. There was just something about a tree dog. I didn't care what color it was, what breed it was, what it looked like. Man, if it had that big pretty mouth and it run in there and, and, and blowed on them trees and come in there and tree, it just, it just done something for me when I was little and it still does. But I just always remember going with them. And they always had, the, I guess you could call them grade dogs, but they might be a little cur mixed in, a little walker, a little blue tick, a little bit of everything. But they always treat coons. I can't even remember. I couldn't even start to tell you. I don't even know if they had any papers. I can't even remember seeing a set of grandpa. It was a treat to go coon hunting. I couldn't couldn't wait to, for it to get dark to, to go with them and just sit around as a little guy. You know, you didn't. I wish I could go back in time. I guess you could say because just listening to the stories and listening to them talk and just you know, it was a different day and a different time and a whole different frame of mind at that point in time. And you know, competition coon hunting wasn't even a, wasn't even a thought on the radar at the time. That didn't come to later, but but you know, it's just it was just a special time. That every young boy, especially growing up in the country, growing up in the mountains, it, it's a treat and a blessing to get to grow up with people like that, to be able to enjoy outdoors, coon hunting, squirrel hunting, everything that we did and I got to do as a little kid. You know, it's just a, it's a dying, it's a dying thing anymore. But I'll forever be grateful for the, for the beginning and the starting that, that I got to enjoy as a kid. Yeah, for sure, man. That's awesome to hear about. I love to hear people talk about, you know, who got them started in coon hunting and everything and <clears throat> how you kind of got to here. Now, I know that y'all live in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are y'all, y'all weren't, were y'all hit by the uh, tornadoes? 
No, they was a couple hours to the west of us. Okay, okay. Well, that's that's that was bad, man. It really was. It's unbelievable. It it really is. To look at the pictures and some of the things. It's just it's, it's tragic. It is. It it really really is. So, how did y'all come about the Kentucky River line of dogs? The Kentucky River line of dogs for sure didn't start with me or my. No, Honey Grub and, and Aaron Gray, which most people know him as Slop, and they had these dogs way before me and Mike either one ever thought about a black and tan. I mean, I only had a dog called Chigger, which is Batman's mama, and, and Old Whiskey Girl, and some of those dogs was just, at the time, you don't really realize at the time what you got and what's going on until it's too late, I guess you could say. But, but now Tony and Tony and Flop put a lot of, they wore out a whole lot of boots and and trained a whole lot of dogs before me or Mike or Batman was even a thought on the radar. Um, yep. Because I was, I was hunting pups and getting pups from Tony. And the furthest thing from my mind, I was just hunting some pups for him just to be a hunting and just to have me something to hunt. And I didn't know at the time, I, I, got, I got several from Chigger and, uh, Get them started and sell them. You know, you sell a twelve, fifteen hundred dollar pup at the time. You know, you thought you was doing something. You know, but man, to get to have a chance to do that again, to have some of the dogs. You know, if we could, uh, if we could, uh, where we live, it ain't eat up with coon population by no means. And sometimes I just wonder, you know, if we could have lived in a place which I wouldn't take nothing for where we grew up and what we got here. But boy, if we could have the coon population that some of these places got, I mean, I just wonder what kind of how many more dogs we could have really made if we'd have had that opportunity. But but now the Kentucky River line was that was something that got started way before me or Micah. Yeah, I even thought about it. I even thought about a black tan, you know. And now this kind of a off the wall question, but have either of y'all ever won a cast with something that wasn't a black and tan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So y'all weren't y'all weren't always die hard black and tan. No. 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 <laughs> no. Oh. And hundred percent honest, I mean we probably especially me probably more than like I don't care what color they are. Yeah. I'm saying right now. Yeah. You know I we like black and tans. I like black and tans. Uh, there's just something about a black and tan. I don't know. I always liked them when I was a kid. But I hunted a long time before I ever owned a, a black and tan. I mean, when I, I can remember years ago, I had an old walker dog that I got him as a puppy. But a friend of my grandpa's that got him shipped into this country, he was a pup that's out of a, I forget which dog it was, it was directly out of Lipper and a merchant's tree blaster female. And I can still right now to this day, I've never had a dog that had a mouth like that dog did. And no. <laughs> it's just unbelievable what a mouth and what a tree dog this thing was. Um, but <clears throat> and I guess that's one thing that probably talk about breeding dogs and stuff, you know, that the mouth is one thing I don't know, it's just it's hard to get all the time. I don't care what color they are. We'll hunt anything. If it's good, we ain't colorblind enough. So what 
you know, obviously now y'all have, or y'all have had Batman and just, and we'll talk about Batman's reproductive accomplishments here later, which are outstanding, which is, I mean, it's just crazy. But where does y'all's Kentucky River start? You know, I know we talked about, and what is the foundation of y'all's Kentucky River? I guess you'd have to say a loaded question. Time in. <laughs> He wants, but far as like me, and if you combine me and Micah as one, our Kentucky River Foundation would have to start with Batman. But me and, and even Micah later, I mean, we've always been hooked up with Tony. So and, after, and I mean, it basically would, for us, I mean, it would, I mean, in my mind, you know, Batman still not Jigger. You no. know, Jigger to me, in my mind, is where it started and where it begun. I don't know. I, I guess I, my mind ain't never transitioned from that yet. But yes, uh, to me, that's where it started. For me, you know, Shane, don't you think so too? Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, when I think back on it, like right now, like I said, Batman would have to be the start for me and Micah, but you had so much deeper than, than Batman. There was so much breeding and so much dog work done by Tony and Flops. And a dog that probably most people don't know about or never heard of, but you know, you got Chigger. Tony had Chigger, but Flop had a little dog called Whiskey Girl without a Chigger. I mean, in my mind, he didn't get no better than them two females. <laughs> they was just so good at the time and in that day and time. I mean, we struggled. I mean, if we had a dog that could compete with either one of them two, I mean, we was ready to go to tank. But there was just so much more to it before Batman. And I guess Batman kind of, to me, Batman, probably what people don't really realize a lot of times, is Batman combines in the black and tan breed, so many at the time, especially some of the top reproducing type dogs, some of the dogs that everybody wanted something out of. You know, Batman had a way to, he, he combined those. I mean, if you look at his pedigree, you know, on the top side, of course, Newt, you know, he speaks for himself. But Newt was out of Southern Gage, which was a full brother to set him up ace. Right? So you, you, you take in the set him up ace on the top of Newt, the bottom side of Newt was shanker breast. You take those two lines from the top, and on the bottom, you know, you had Chigger, which was at a tag, which is Hobo Hosbury, on the top of her. And on the bottom side of her, she was out of a two-time Albert female. <laughs> you're, you're combining so many of the top dogs of the past. Everybody's breeding what a lot of people was wanting from the time. You know, Batman just, he, he combined those. Wouldn't you think, Micah? Oh, yeah. I mean, and even like, Hobo Hoss, I mean, what he produced with uh, Candace Jr. and Tig and all them dogs, and then you get to the, well, I mean, two-time Albert speaks for herself, along with uh, anything, Shinker's bred. I mean, Bill Shinker's had some of the best breeding, especially in the western part of the country that, you know, that, they, that they've ever been. But, yeah, it's, he ties in a lot of different dogs. I mean, you can say a couple of lines of dogs just tie into him. But they ain't many. Yeah. Not many at all. How do you like a dog to operate? Yeah, I mean, I, I want one to be independent. I want one to have plus one heart. But mainly, you know, we've always kind of been after the independency. Um, I mean, if that's one thing that I can say the last 10 years that we've always tried to strive on, that's independency. I mean, and it's hard to find the hunt in black and tans as a consistent consistency. But, I mean, you got to find that heart and drive in any of them. I don't care what breed it is, but that's that's one thing that I try to look for in a dog is heart and independency. 
And then I think the rest of it, I mean, it just comes with it, you know. So you have to have that first. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of dog that y'all breed for, huh? Yeah. 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 And so which type one of, thing too, I think yeah. a lot of people get mixed up on. You know, when, when we talk about breeding dogs and different females and especially when we're looking for one something to keep herself, you know. I don't know about I think Michael would agree with me, but I guess their definition of a dog with a good nose and a cold nose might be a little different than what a lot of people think, especially the, I guess you could say the newer comers to, to hunting and the newer comers to breeding. A lot of people think, and I mean, we've talked to thousands of people, and it's, sometimes it's kind of funny, uh, but just because a dog goes through here and it opens its mouth and barks, and it barks and it barks and it barks and it don't never really go nowhere. That don't mean that it's a work in a track and it knows how to run a track and it's got a good cold nose because it's barked 47 times before another dog barks. Uh, to me, I want a dog that goes in there and when it opens its mouth, it may be a cold track or whatever it may be. But to me, if a dog's got a good nose, they ain't going to boo and ball and jack around and stand on their head a lot. I mean, they, they open their mouth and they go on. And they get to point A from point A to point B faster than anything else. That makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, it might, that I makes a lot of sense. When I started asking in a hurry, you know, I, I look for something that knows how to run the track. Got a cold enough nose to strike it, but they've got enough sense to shut its mouth and drift on through there with it. And I believe if people would be honest with themselves, just because of my dog's bawling and booing and bawling and barking, don't necessarily mean it's got a cold nose. Yeah, it just means it got a cold nose it can smell, it just can't move it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might yeah. can smell it. Yeah, it's got a cold enough nose to smell it, but can it move it? I see exactly what you're saying. That's 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 good. That's good. Real good. Yeah, there's a lot of times, especially in our breed, a black and tan breed, there's so many people, I think, get that confused because, I mean, we've brought them on hunts. We've brought them in hunts and on casts and been out pleasure hunting and go different places hunting with people. And, man, they think their dog is just doing something over here, booing and bobbing and jacking, and they ain't going nowhere, you know? And uh, it's just sometimes it's frustrating, you know, just because it's like people, you can't get people to understand the difference in that sometimes. You know, just because my dog may, may bark second or third, and it may not bark a hundred times, don't mean it don't have a nose. But my dog's sitting over your tree, and we're going to it, and yours is over here still booing and bobbing. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Yeah. That's a, a that good... black and tans is, is black and tans, if you ain't careful, man, it's so easy to it's so easy to get that crap if you ain't careful. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm not familiar with black and tans. I just I, I I know that the Kentucky River line has been really successful. I know there's other black and tan guys that have been really successful. What type of female do y'all feel crosses best with the Kentucky River dogs? What have y'all found that you've crossed best uh, with? As far as Batman, let's talk about Batman. I think he uh, crossed the board. I mean, he is crossed well on a lot of different lines of dogs. Kane, Candace Jr., Albert females. I mean, there's nothing that you can really pinpoint down to what he's really crossed great on. And and plus, it goes back to the style of dog, you know, what people people like. I think that he's been able to accommodate a lot of different style of dogs and a lot of different style of men that like a different style of dogs. The guys that kind of like dogs to uh, to be together, 
I think that he's accommodated that. Um, dogs that's independent, hustle, and stuff like that, you can find that with dogs that's been out of him. But as far as finding a, a Pacific breed of another dog, I don't really know. I mean, you can say Kane, say Candace Jr. females, um, doing damn females. You can go right on down the list. I, as far as picking one certain one, I don't know which one. You know, like a lot of my stuff and Shane's stuff has been out of Kane females. I know of other guys that a lot of their stuff has been out of uh, Candace Jr. females. You know, I think it's just kind of like what you're used to, Scott Bill, and what you're you're looking for. Well, I, let me let me ask you this. I'm asking you this as I don't know the answer to it, but you might. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, it seems like the Batman produces dogs with a lot of sense. You know, do you try to you p- try to put a lot of brains in them dogs? That's Labrador. Yeah, when he. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you see some of these Batman, you see some of these Batman puppies got the big fuzzy tail, a little bit hairy. That's where we missed a little lab years ago. Yeah, get you a little, <laughs> get you a little brains in there, huh? Yeah. But you know, when you talk about them accommodating everyone, well, and I've talked to this about other people. You know, people that have two dogs out of the same cross, out of the same litter, one of them will operate completely different for this big time competition hunter than it does for this pleasure hunter. And I wonder if that's because of the person that's got them. And if you take a coon dog with sense, can you make that dog what you want it to be? Well, I think you kind of touched that there. You know what I mean? The one thing, yeah, (laughs) one thing I think that we was really, really blessed with early on is, I mean, you had me and Mike and Flop and Tony. They was four of us that was going to be hunting five or six nights a week, every week. I mean, we wore out trucks after trucks after trucks hunting and pushing these dogs. But... It was so much bigger than us. I mean, we was really lucky with getting people that actually hunted. You know, the trick to any, I don't care what breed it is, what color it is, or if it's a squirrel dog or a coon dog. The people that get these pups, if they don't hunt them, then they're all going to be coals and dust. You know, it don't matter. It don't matter what they're out of. If mm-hmm. they don't get a chance. And they were so many people, especially early on, that was hunting these dogs. Because, I mean, I can remember a time, I mean, we had, there was pups here out of the first or second cross. It was five, six months old. We actually hunted these dogs by themselves, not on feeder buckets. We hunted them. We could go anywhere we wanted to go and treat coons. And I think when you get that quick, in a hurry, when they're real young, anybody that hunts a little bit is going to get a little bit excited because they got a pup that'll run in tree. And I think when they, when people got a hold of that, that they, they actually pushed the dog not even realizing they was just because it was more natural, just that natural ability. And I think a lot of that natural ability that Batman throwed into these pups, you can't take anything away from the females at all. But Batman, no. Batman had a line of females behind him on the top and bottom, you know, that really stacked up. And and anytime we kept a pup for herself, I mean, we looked at the females that the female was out of, and as many good females as you could stack on a set of papers, the better. You can't say it always turned out that way, but the first female we ever bred was a dog that was a house dog his whole life. I don't think he's ever hunted till it was four or five years old. And a guy by the name of Tony Barnes had her, bought her. He he bought her. He ended up with her. Uh, A young boy ended up having the dog, and we bred her. And that's how we got the 
it was Moonlight Kate. She's on the reproducers list. I think she's in the historical list. I think, and I don't know that they ever bred her anything but Batman. But, I mean, she was a house dog for majority of her life. And, but she had dogs on her pedigree. They may have been all PR dogs, but she just crossed well with Batman for, for whatever reason. You know, they just came dogs, and they just wasn't competition hunted dogs. But then but from her, you got dogs like Hobie and Poison Ivy. There's a whole laundry list of them pups. It's all one of the dogs that's on the reproducers list that's out of her, that Bella female, you know, she come out of that cross that Tony Barnes and them got. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, so y'all kind of touched on I'm not sure. I know y'all listen to the podcast, right? Some of them, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all listen to Wimp Aaron's episode? Y'all know who Wimp Aaron is? The, no, I didn't. The man I that, didn't listen to it. Anyway, he it, it just released yesterday, but he started the Schooner River line of dogs. I don't know if you ever heard of them. And mm-hmm. and he's yeah. up to his sixteenth generation of queen females. And he said he's been breeding dogs for fifty years and y'all touched on it. He said that the female has more impact generation after generation than the male does. He has seen it and I mean the dude's been doing it for I mean he's on sixteenth generation. You know what I mean? Yeah. He knows. Yeah. And y'all touched on that. Y'all feel like the female had more impact generation after generation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I don't know why that is, but Tony always said that what was it, Shane? Seventy percent has to do with the female, twenty percent has to do with the male, and ten percent has to be the guy behind it. Is that what he say all the time? Yeah, and and he's right. He, I think he's right. If you got a dog that's, it could be the nicest puppy ever, be the most natural dog ever. If you don't put it in the woods, what's going to happen? I ain't gonna treat no coon. Can't treat a coon sitting in the pen, can it? So we'll move on a little bit. Do you two have differences of opinion of what type of dog you like and how the breeding program should go? Do y'all ever butt heads on anything? Mm, I'd say we agree with a lot of things. Now, Shane's more, he likes this big mouth and all this stuff. I care less if it sounds like a house dog as long as it's sitting in there by itself. And I can get to it and I can call it tree. Um I, I don't, mouth has nothing to do with me. Shane is all about the mouth. He wants the big mouth, the pretty sounding tree dog and all that, and I could care less. Uh, that's the only, probably, I mean, as far as how the dogs operate and stuff like that, me and him see pretty eye to eye on that, but as far as mouth goes, he's a lot different than me. And Shane, so you're talking about the big mouth, and you said that lipper dog that you had had the best mouth you ever you ever heard on a dog, right? Oh yeah. Would I you ever cross? Him. Would you ever cross Batman on a lipper female and hunt that puppy? Dude, you better believe it. I would tomorrow. <laughs> I'd waste some all of our semen. Huh? You know, the thing that a lot of people probably don't know is we have done some quite a bit of crossbreeding. We just ain't never got it to work out. But now that's one thing. My papa, he always had crossbred type dogs, but they was blue ticks and black and tans with a little bit of walker and. Uh, uh, he had a blue tick one time, and I never did get to hunt with it. It died probably a little bit before I got big enough to hunt. But, I mean, there was people, there was old guys back in them days that talked about that dog. I think that dog treated one of the first or second coons that was ever treed in this part of Kentucky. People drove, he kept it at his, he kept it in a smokehouse, and people drove and come, rode horses for miles and come to look at that coon because they'd never seen one. But now, his thought on that was, it probably don't vary much any chicken fighters is out there and knows anything about breeding chickens. You know, 
a lot of these crossbred dogs, we just ain't never got to the point to be able to do it like we wanted to, or I didn't. Micah never did really get into that with me much. But the first cross ain't necessarily what produces. And we bred, got some puppies that was from Willie, the walker dog, that won the world hunt. And we crossed him on a Batman female and different things like that. But that first cross ain't necessarily where they, the good ones would come from, according to him, years ago. It would be the cross after that that you would see see the traits come back. But I don't get to hunt like I used to. And I just kind of let that. I had a deal going there where I wanted to have a just a stem line, the next bred dog. And, but I never did get to that point. But, man, my kids got bigger. I had to slack off hunting a lot. But here's the one thing. At the end of the day, I can hunt anytime. My kids are growing up, getting bigger. You know, I wore out, and I don't know how many brand-new Chevrolet trucks running these dogs. And I kind of changed my focus on doing more stuff with my kids. I mean, I miss some of my kids half their life growing up because I was chasing my dogs. And I spent more time with my family, taking care of my family and my kids versus hunting. But one day I will have an expert dog that will be out of Batman and a, and a walker dog, I promise you. <laughs> Tell me how y'all came about owning Batman, and how did he operate? Well, I guess I'll start it and I'll let Michael finish it. I was hunting some pups out of Chigger. I think it's Chigger and Cane Cross pups. And they were. Tony, I, I took one of them back to Tony, and he gave me an ox and Chigger, wasn't it, Michael? No, it's ox. No, no it was another pup out of Cane and Chigger. It was a female. <clears throat> but he brought another up here to hunt, and he said, if you want another pup, he said, wait till Chigger has these puppies that have a new which at the time, it didn't mean nothing to me. If you want one to keep, you need to get one. But he said, you got to promise you'll keep it. Well, man, Tony had given me puppies and stuff like that, and, and he ended up charging me $500 for this pup. Almost made me mad. <laughs> I done told him I wanted one and would take it, but it aggravated me so bad that I wouldn't even go down there and pick it up. I told him, I said, just whatever's left, I'll come down there and get the last one that's left. That ended up being, he was the last little runny pup. Michael claims he's a runner. I don't remember him being a runner, but I guess he might have been. But he was a picked over pup of all of them. He's the only one left, except for the two Tony was keeping. And, uh, <laughs> and I brought him home. Uh, my little boy, which he's 16 now, but at the time, I think he was two, two and a half, something like that. Yeah, and three, he was wasn't he? He might have been three. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he was absolutely eat up with Batman movies and Batman figurines and Batman stuff on TV. And the day I brought him home, he actually came up there to see him and was playing with him and he had a pair of Batman pajamas on. And I think my wife or somebody said, Caden, what are we going to name that puppy? He sat there for a few minutes, didn't say nothing. He got up and then he said, I think we'll call him Batman. I said, oh my God. And I mean, it burnt me up. I mean, I hated that. But everybody got to I actually loved it. And he and he was, yeah. he was fighting us tooth and nail. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have I mean, I wouldn't even put it on his papers or anything. And uh, <laughs> But it went on. It, it got to be such a joke, everybody poking at me. But, you know, the name Batman just kind of stuck. That's how he came to be Batman as a little three-year-old boy. <laughs> dead said me, dead said against it. But now, yeah. him and Mike and everybody else is in here. That boy, they wouldn't let it die. Well, and it, Mike is paying for that now, and he can tell you what his black tan puppy's name. His little boy named his black tan puppy the other day. <laughs> it serves him right. I'll say that. How do you operate? Well, 
he was kind of, I guess you could say, a little bit slower starting puppy. He didn't take right off, right off the bat. But I, I can remember, and I guess that's something about the probably the most memorable hunt with me. I guess this kind of tie in my answer for that. But uh, I think it was the week that he turned 11 months old. Me and Rick was a hunting him, and that week, I think me and Rick Bickers treated four or five coons with him. The week he turned 11 months old, right by. And we know another dog on the ground. It wasn't on feeder buckets. It was right out in the wild, right in these mountains. Man, he looked good. And he really never looked back after that. Man, he's just one of them ones that could make coons sometimes. I mean, he just was a country. Did he do dumb stuff? Yeah, he wasn't. And even when we laid him up, I don't even think he was even what you would say a finished town would be. I mean, he was. Um, we finished him in the grand night at two. And, I mean, yeah. It makes me mad sometimes because of what we did do to him, me knowing what I know now. But, I mean, that dog never did reach his full potential, in my opinion. But he he was a very nice young dog. He could move a track. He could be, I mean, he was by himself probably, what would you say, Shane, 90% of the time, 85% of the time? I mean, he I mean, had such a big mouth cool. that he drawed a lot of dogs toward him. And, and at that time, uh, you know, a lot of dogs didn't get by themselves all the time, but now he would. But now he had such a big mouth that he draw a lot of dogs towards him. Um, that's yeah, one thing. That, big ball, squalling, balling mouth. And I mean, he, when he come on a tree, there was times that I can remember being on hunt, and a judge look at me and like, if we got trouble with that tree, I'm like, no, that's Batman all by himself. I mean, he was just a vicious sound of tree dog. And, I mean, you think they was two dogs almost about to fight, and you get to that tree, and it's still, you'd still be hearing it, and it would just be back. <laughs> you know? But he just had a big old overpowering type mouth, especially on the ground. I mean, he was just, he was loud. Yeah, sometimes, in, like in the summer, months, he'd choke down on tree a little bit once he got in there and got trees a little bit. But uh, he, was, he just would, I don't remember he him, but now he would choke down. He would slobber, and, man, he'd be a slobber. You know, he'd sound like he'd choke down a little bit on a tree when it was real hot, but he wouldn't quit. So why didn't y'all keep pushing him? <laughs> if I look back on it now, I mean, people give us a really hard time back in the day over that. But but I... I mean, I know it all worked look, out now, but, you know, at the yeah, time, but well, what I mean, was the... I was like, well, here's I my was question. 22, 23, Shane was 25, 26, or, well... He was 28, maybe. I mean, we just we was young at all this. We yeah. didn't know nothing about it. I mean, we was just uh, youngsters just trying to, I mean, we've got a dog that they're breeding to a little bit. We didn't know what crap we was doing. We was just enjoying we the time that we had. Fun. We was just having fun. And we, in our minds, we always thought it'd be cool, which he had the hunts and probably competition hunts a lot. And, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of them, I guess, a fantasy in your mind to think, boy, it'd be so cool to have a stud dog, you know? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, you can have all of them you want. <laughs> well, did – okay, so y'all y'all were young when you started breeding Batman. Did y'all catch – how do I say – did y'all feel a lot of hate? Oh, <laughs> you don't even know, man. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. My question, even back then, I tell a lot of people because that's probably one of the number one questions that I would always get asked. Why don't y'all hunt Batman? Why don't you got Batman out here? Why don't you take Batman here? Why don't you hunt Batman? Well, dude, I'm hunting a six month old pup. How about 
Yeah. You know, I'm an automotive eight, nine month old pup. I can win a cash for him. Why waste Batman? He's at home breeding females. Yeah, <laughs> making you money. Yeah. I mean, why? My, you know, in my mind, and Micah's too, I'm sure, he answered this too, but why waste your time hunting him when I can be out here hunting pups out of him and winning these casts and winning hunts and doing all this with pups out of him? Heck, man, I'd not really beat you with an eight-month-old pup and beat you with a two-year-old dog, you know? Yeah. And I thought, you know, and you would think that people would want to see the pups out of him winning. If I'm going to breed the dog, I, big deal what he'll do. I want to see what his pups are going to do, you know? And that was kind of her, my, my frame of mind at the time. Why wouldn't you want to see a pup out of him go? Yeah, I, I agree. Hey, y'all. Tyler here from Coonutton University. I want to talk to you a little bit about extreme dog fuel and what sets them apart. Superior nutrition at the lowest price possible. So they've been told the amount of vitamins and minerals they use in their feeds overkill and that they could reduce cost by incorporating less expensive ingredients in their formula. But they believe the right mix of important ingredients makes a huge difference in your hound's skin, coat, performance, durability, health, and longevity. They promise they'll never change their product to lower the price or to compete with cheap commodity dog foods all their ingredients are taken from the south central united states so go check them out and you can find out more about extreme dog fuel at extremedogfuel.com and find a retailer near you today extreme dog fuel feed it for life <laughs> and did y'all catch a lot of hate being young like that trying to breed a dog you know you know what i'm saying yeah. He's oh, done all these kids over, you know, these kids trying to breed this dog. You know how people are, you know, older men. I mean, I, let's let's be honest, you know, you know oh, how yeah, people are. They didn't like it, but what I guess what they didn't know is you, me and Micah and Tony and Flop, all the hate and all the crap they give us, man, they was just fueling their fire. Yeah. I mean, not only would we show up with one dog, we'd show up with four and so many times. All four of them dogs come in with a cast win when they're not. I mean, yep. And then we just sit there like, here you go, boy. Bad mouth of smoke, you know. Dogs knocking some smoke. But, I mean, now looking back, boy, I got mad a lot, and I wish I hadn't. Probably done and said some things that we didn't need to. And I regret now looking back. But we was just trying. We weren't trying to outdo nobody. We was just trying to get a better dog. Yep. But most of the, most of all the hate, long gone but now most of them and a lot of the guys that probably give us the hardest times i mean i mean we're fairly friendly with them anymore you know and yeah any hate now would be jealousy they can't say that batman's not a reproducer i yeah, mean yeah. he's proven himself i mean let's be honest i mean so shane we'll, we'll move on to a, a puppy out of batman that was really nice shane how did it make you feel to see your brother and Superman be awarded the Triple Crown? And Micah, what did that accomplishment mean to you? Well, I've always probably Micah's hardest critic, but I'm also probably his biggest cheerleader. But, you know, the thing about Superman winning the Triple Crown is not only did he win the Triple Crown, but, I mean, that same year, he's like the high-scoring dog at the Winter Classic and Autumn Oaks, and, and he's the high-scoring dog at the World Hunt. I mean, they were so much. The trip crown was just icing on the cake. I mean, it's just absolutely phenomenal what him and Superman done. Oh, it tickled me to death, even though I wasn't hunting the same as none at the time. I mean, it's, 
if people need to see Micah go on it, even though I wasn't riding up down the road with him 60,000 miles a year. You know, it tickled me to death as his, as his brother to see him do those things, to see him to keep on pushing, and keep on going with a pup out of Batman. And, Micah, what um, did that what it mean to you to win it? Oh, man, I still still can't believe it half the time. Just because a lot of people don't know the background of that. Superman, he got sick in March of that year. It was after the Winter Classic. He got he had to have a blood transfusion and everything. That dog did. He got sick. He about died on me. And I had to take him to Medvan in Cincinnati. Spent a lot of money to get him fixed, but, I mean, they give him, I think it was a 85% chance to live when I got him out of there. And after the blood transfusion and everything, and still, to this day, we don't know what happened. Um, don't know what caused him to get sick and, and all that. But before I went to Autumn Oaks and hunted him, he had only been released to hunt for like three weeks prior to that. He'd been on medication for ever since March all the way up until I think it was three weeks before Autumn Oaks. And what that dog done, it's nothing. I mean, I can't explain it. The best can't even explain it because they told me that he was going to die. Um, nothing more than just the Lord showing me that I have no control over anything. And that's the part that um, you have to kind of like pinch yourself sometimes. Because none of us, I mean, as hard as we work and as hard as we go at it sometimes, there's nothing that any of us can do with these dogs that we're not blessed by the Lord. And I hate to get on my soapbox and preach a little bit here, but I mean, it just, it is what it is. And just like that, I mean, not only did that dog win the triple crown, and I'm thankful for that, but at the lowest point of that year, when I thought that that son of a gun was going to die on me, not only did he turn right around and win the triple crown, he, uh, he won it. He won high scoring dog of his breed at every one of them events. And, just it's mind-boggling and uh, it, it meant the world to me uh, I mean and then the same year that's when JR me and him started hunting about two years prior to that or three years before that when uh, Shane and Tony and Flop you know they kind of had, I mean they're still hunting but I you know I was going with JR a lot at the time and then my buddy ends up winning the world hunt the same year it just kind of uh one of them deals that you know that God was in control on that because there wasn't nothing that else that we could do about that. Um, That's that is awesome. I really and I didn't know anything about that. I'm sure a lot of people don't, but I, I, it's going to be cool to hear. Really is. What was wrong with him? Well, they told me that it was it was either an autoimmune system disease attack, which was they you know it just could have been anything. Or, you know, he had Ehrlichia as a three-year-old. And I'd let it get real bad before I even started treating him, before I even took him to the vet. His Ehrlichia got real bad when he was a three-year-old. And this would have been when he was five, I guess, four or five-year-old. They think that it might, the, the, the Ehrlichia, come back on him again. And when it come back on him again, it just took him over. It just took it Because what, what it was doing was, his, I think it was his red blood cells 
was eating his platelets, and it was causing him to, you know, there wasn't no blood clot. So, I mean, he was just passing blood everywhere. He was just losing blood. That's bad. Yeah, I mean, I went out uh, that morning to go uh, check on him. I mean, I didn't know that he was even sick. Mm -hmm. Very late. I mean, blood everywhere. And uh, I took him to two vets that day. They couldn't tell me nothing. I ended up going the next day to uh, Williamstown. That's about two hours north of me. And they sent me straight on to uh, Cincinnati Mm. with him. And even that, I mean, they said, we'll do a blood transfusion. And if it sticks, we still can't guarantee him life. And that one vet, he told me after he'd done it, he said, I'm giving him about 55% chance to live. But he said, I really and truly, he said, I can't tell you that this dog's going to live. He said, because I don't know what's causing it. And had y'all collected him yet? Because I, mean, I know y'all been breeding him now, but was he collected up to that point? Or would y'all have just lost that altogether? Oh, I'd have lost out. I had never collected him. I was done with the dog world and still am. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll breed him some and breed him if somebody calls and wants to breed to him now. But at that time, I did not want that dog to even look at a female. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I was over it. Did you collect him now for your personal use? Yeah. 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 I can collect it now. Yeah. I bet so. Actually, <laughs> after that scare. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it was shortly after that, but yeah, I, I ended up getting collected. Yeah. Um. Do you feel that Superman is a better dog than Batman? I don't. They're they're different style dogs. I mean, Matt was he was a country. I, it's hard. To, it's different, but I'd like to have him hunted. I don't know. I. Shane, what do you think? You, I mean, you you know both of them. It's hard for me to explain it. Well, they're two totally different dogs in a lot of ways. But now, Superman was hunted 150, 150% in a different atmosphere and a different style than what Batman ever got hunted. Now, they was, I, I guess you say I... It would be interesting to have a dog like Batman or a dog like Stroke Race was right now knowing I guess knowing I guess as as the time has evolved, we could have hunted those dogs in a little bit different way and had such different dogs than what we had at the time probably. But they was just different style, they different they're just a different kind of dog. You know, Superman's gonna when you turn that sucker loose, he better have your walking boots on and be ready to go. You're not gonna go Five or six hundred yards. I mean, you're gonna go six tenths, eight tenths. You're gonna go a mile. Sometimes a mile might not stop. Things ain't moving. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna he'll kill you. I mean, you can't even. At one time, I mean, when I was still hunting, if we was going hunting around here and Michael was taking Superman, I just stayed at home. I wouldn't even go. Heck with that crap. Because he would kill you. Yeah, he's more of a great line. He wasn't going to tree with the dog. It didn't matter if he was right off the tailgate or what. He wasn't going to tree with it. He's going to go his direction, his way. It didn't matter. And Batman's more of a dog. He just, when you cut him loose, he's gone hunting. I mean, I don't know. Batman hunts as hard as any dog. But Batman will take the first track he comes to, whether it's an old working feeder track or a real hot slam-up type track. It didn't matter. 
he's going to tree whatever he comes to. He's going to tree it right there, right there. Whether it's 150 yards or it's six tenths of a mile, it didn't matter. And it mattered to Superman because he's <laughs> he is going yon way as hard as he could go. Now, okay, so Micah, I know you didn't say which one was better. Which one do you like? Did you like hunting more? Yeah, I mean, probably Superman now, just because I hunted Superman a lot more than I did that. As far as you know, I've got eight years invested in that son of a gun, <laughs> whereas uh, Batman, you know, only got the hunting for two years, two and a half years. You know, it, it, there there is a difference there. You get a more of a bond, I guess, with a dog that you hunt that long and and that hard run up down these roads with a lot so i mean i guess i'd have to pick superman in some senses but to say he's a better dog than than that i can't yeah because you know it's two, two different styles yeah sounds like way, sounds like bat was kind of dog he might tree coons behind you behind a dog like superman huh? yeah i mean and there's a lot of dogs that's going to tree coons behind superman yeah but you know, just like what I've always said, you better tree that gun quick because he's going to be in there second there quicker. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about Superman. It ain't like it took him 15 or 20 minutes to be eight-tenths of a mile. I'm talking you hunt him on a stopwatch and watch him. Three or four or five minutes, that sucker's sitting in there six, eight-tenths or whatever it is, and he's done trees. I mean, you're on your way. <laughs> he's treed that far, and most dogs are still over here hiking around to you and whatever. Do y'all hunt PKC any? Yeah, I have in the later years, in the last probably, I guess, five years, I guess now. You know, before, we didn't have no PKC hunts around us at all, did we, Shane? No, I mean, I guess the people that we hunted with, too, they really wasn't nobody that hunted PKC. It wasn't really even <laughs> for so many, for so long and so many years, I mean, PKC wasn't. Coonhunt University is brought to you by Superior Light Company. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. If you're in the market for a new light, do not overlook Superior. They make the best light in the business. The Hellcat Max Flat Dark Earth Edition is awesome. Comes standard with the new and improved high-intensity green laser. Comes standard with the newest design and dual walking light modules, offering the brightest walking lights currently available on the market, bar none. And it comes with your choice of red or true amber or double red color module technology. The Hellcat Max new module design reduces weight without sacrificing burn time or brightness, resulting in an overall weight of just 20 to 24 ounces, depending on your cap selection. The Hellcat Max offers the newest battery technology, which allows for five hours of continuous main beam burn time on the highest setting and over 10 hours of highest auxiliary light settings. All controls can be found on one easy nine positions click switch and all superior lights come with a two-year warranty are made right here in the usa so check out superior lights use coupon code chu podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com thank you to mr jamie mr sam at superior lights for supporting kunan universe podcast and making this podcast possible so i ask all the listeners if you could please go over there and support superior lights Use the exclusive discount code that is only available to Coonut University podcast listeners, CHU Podcast. Superior, step up to the max. Now, back to the show. It wasn't even a thought on the radar. You know, as I guess back at that time, looking back on it now, we missed a lot of opportunity. 
especially as much as we traveled around the roads. But, I mean, all the things you've seen, I mean, we got all the magazines just like everybody else. I mean, all you've seen was the UK6 stuff and the reproducers list and, you know, all that kind of thing. I guess at the time, that's what, in your mind, I guess, looking back on it, that's what, that's what you thought you had to do. You know, you had to hunt this UPC. And you had to do this, and you had to get wins, and you had to, you know, you had to do all that stuff. But but I guess we'd have had more closer, more PKC hunts closer to us. Yeah. You know, why, it would have been different. Why do y'all think you don't see black and tan participation as much in PKC or UKC really nowadays? What's the reason for that? Or do you, if y'all don't want to speak on that, that's fine. We'll take it out. I'm just wondering, you know. I mean, it's a fair question. I mean, y'all hunt really good black and tans. Y'all go to all these hunts, but you don't see too many black and tans at a hunt. You know? I think no, you know. I mean, it's went downhill a lot in the last little while. But I, to say why, I don't want a clue. There's a lot of people that ask that same question. And you would I think don't know. people that I mean, you got a lot of big time hunters and a lot of big time dogs if you read the internet, but you never see nothing. At a hunt, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I've never understood that because you know, there's so many people hunt black and tans, but you never see them going to town. I, I don't know. And, and I mean, it's not because I, it's not because they discriminate. I mean, Jarvis, Mr. Jarvis Sulphur started PKC. He was a, one of the biggest black and tan men in the oh, country. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. the foundations there. And Mr. Jarvis, bless his soul, he's passed on. But you know, he started PKC, and he was. As y'all know, one of the bigger black and tan men in the country. So I mean, it's not yeah. discrimination against black and tans for sure. You no, know? it's just lack of participation, man. I don't. <laughs> You're talking to somebody that tries to go to some, you know, a hunt as much as he can. I mean, I love it. I mean, if I did competition hunt, I don't know how much longer that I would even be coon up. Uh, because I, I mean, I love competition hunting that much. I don't know why people don't go to them. I mean, yeah, some of these bigger entry fees hunts, you know, these new 6,500s and entry, you know, level hunts. I mean, no, I can't afford all of them, or I can't afford none of them. Really, a wife would divorce me, of course. <laughs> but I would love to. Maybe that's, I mean, but that can't scare off everybody because there's $30 hunts. There's $100 legacies. I mean, nowadays at the UKC hunt is just as much as the $30 hunt. Yeah. And you got so the super I mean, stakes for regular people that can go win big money or the world yeah. hunt. I mean, it's only a hundred, you got to have a hundred dollars one. And then, I mean, there's somewhere for everybody, you know, I mean, yeah, you can't, there is something for everybody. I mean, but to, to answer that question, I, I have no earthly idea. Yeah. I just, and some people in their mind, they feel more comfortable going to their local club hunts than, then they traveled to Indiana or Ohio and stuff like that. I, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know either, but I, I wish I did see more, you know, non Walker participation. I mean, it'd be cool. You know, I mean, I. Well, yeah. I mean, if, as many as I can go to, I'll be there. If I can get there, if I'm ready, if my dog's ready, I'll try my best to be there. But. As far as other people, I don't know. I have no clue. Yeah. Sure don't. So, 
tell me how it makes you feel to look at the UKC top producers list and to see that Batman is the historical number one producer. The current number one producing male is out of Batman. Two of the top 10 current females are also out of Batman and the historical number one female producing is Batman's damn. Uh, how does that make y'all feel? What is, what does that say? What do y'all feel like that says about? Tone. I think a lot of the credit has to go back to Tony on that. I mean, yeah, we own Batman, but if it hadn't been for Tigger, that would none of this be possible. No way. And as I think a lot of that has to go back to Tony, uh, but man, I mean, I can remember, and this is no joke. I can remember me and Tony and, and probably Michael, we were sitting at a hunt one time, and we was talking. Somebody came through there, and they had a dog was on the reproducer's list or something, and, and we had just started dibble-dabbling and, and and trying to stud Batman out, and we bred a female or two, and I don't think they'd even had pups yet. And we had a conversation there, thinking how long. It was so unrealistic to think that we could get a hundred pups out of Batman just to give him an opportunity to be on the reproducer's list. You know, we thought, well, I, I don't know if he'll live long enough to bring enough females to get a hundred pups. You know, we, I mean, that was, that, this is a real life true conversation. We, I did, I wasn't confident and sure that we would ever get a hundred pups on the ground. <laughs> and that's a, and that's a God's honest truth if I'm ever telling you. Yeah. And when he got a hundred pups, I mean, it was just like the biggest burden gone as far as dogs go. I've never seen it. You know, and it seemed like we'd won the battle once we got a hundred pups. You know, it's like, oh, it's all free. It's, it's all free and clear now. Coast is clear. I ain't got a hundred pups. You know, and we've done it for just a few months. You know, but it's just, it's just, it's unbelievable, really. It's a blessing. It's, it's unbelievable. A blessing. And, you know, if you could be blessed in the dog world, well, I think we was blessed with Batman and, and his offspring and his ancestors behind him. And, you know, I think it's me and Micah is just reaping the rewards of people like Tony and, and all the guys behind the dogs like Southern Gage and, and Newt and the Shinker Line and Hobo Hoss and, you know, the two-time Albert stuff. I mean, it's we're just a... We're just reaping the rewards of a lot of work with the old guys behind us and what they've done to one day reproduce a dog like Batman that did reproduce and reproduced on about anything you breed him to. He's even two or three really good squirrel dogs out of him and a curb dog. It didn't matter what you breed him to, you know? And it's just a, but I think we're just reaping the reward of a lot of work and a lot of hard work and a lot of a lot of thinking and planning from people like Tony and Flop and all them guys behind us and before us and what they do, we're just sitting here reaping the reward of it. Yeah, I mean, we might be the spokesman on this podcast or something like that, but, I mean, this has all been a team effort and a family effort. I mean, just like Tony and Flop, I mean, they're just like brothers to me, just like Kane is. And I'm sure Shane feels the same way about them. But I mean, this is this is just not what Batman's done or what we've done. You know, what we've done. It's it's a family deal. It's it's been a group effort on all of this. Yeah, and I love to hear y'all giving credit to other people. And I know I wish we could have them on here. And I'm glad that y'all do 
give them credit on, and aren't just sitting here saying, oh, it's all us. It was all us. Because, I mean, everybody knows it's a team. It's your whole family and everybody that supports y'all, you know, and all the people on Facebook. You have your own group that's got, what, 1,200 members now? I mean, that's pretty impressive in itself. I mean, you know, you know, we you're talking about the UKC for, you know, stuff that he's got. I think he's got like 47, it's over 47,000 in uh, PKC earnings, pup earnings. Well, now. And, and I'm actually looking for that right now. I'm looking on my laptop right now as we're talking. I'm trying to find it, where he's at on the black and tan list for uh, PKC, but I, I'm, I can't find it. Uh, his earnings, they're right at 47, a little bit above 47,000. And so what about some puppies off of Superman? How are they looking? You know, he ain't got many pups that's old enough. Well, well, his first litter, actually the dog that won the performance dog of the year this year. Well, it ain't confirmed, but he is in the lead right now. I'd say he won it, but uh, is the Kentucky River Black Mom. Me and Tyson Lawson, a buddy of mine, owns him now. And uh, Tyson's done a wonderful job with him this year. And... Uh, he ended up winning the performance race for the black and tan part. I think he come in second overall. But, I mean, he's done real good. He's already a grand that. I think they're just two-year-old. Um, and I've been hearing good reports on a lot of, the, of his other pups that, that without that litter and then some litters below that. But he ain't got many pups on the ground. I don't know how many exactly, but probably about four or five litters. And then there's just two more that was just – born i think one of them was born for the 27th of december and the other one was born the 18th of december so i mean he he's just now starting to get bred to some but now he didn't get bred to for the longest time even after i started willing you know wanting to breed him some but uh he's just now starting to get bred to a little bit and why is that is that because y'all just didn't want to breed him you didn't want to be in the stud dog business I I don't know. <laughs> or was Batman still no breathing in? Yeah, I mean, like, last year, they was, like, five or six females that was coming to breed the Superman. I mean, they that's the one, that was the one that they was breeding to when they got here. And when they get here, they're like, well, if they don't hurt your feelings, we're just going to breed the Batman. I'm like, well, I don't care. Go right ahead. We'll just get him. So, I mean, He's had to live a little bit of a shadow underneath his daddy on that aspect of it. Uh, but, yeah, Batman, he's still alive. He's still breeding females. Uh, I mean, he's 13, going on 14. But, I mean, he's, he's still kicking. So, hopefully he's got maybe another year left in him. But if he don't, that's fine, too. How many straws do y'all have collected off of Batman? Not very many. Really? No, no. We ain't got a whole big lot. So when he's gone, he, y'all going to have a select few, and then that's it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be great. He, he was never a great collector. I mean, every time he went to go get him collected, he might get three straws. And that's back when Dean had, uh, had never gone done. Dean Bicel. You know, when I sent him up there, he might get, two straws, three straws, somewhere around that ballpark. And when you start adding up, I mean, that's a lot of money and a lot of, you know, into just a couple of straws. So, you know, we got him collected a couple of times, but not very many. Yeah. And I, I understand that. 
we got just enough if we ever air kids down the road if they ain't want to do some dog breeding of some kind or, or really take into hunting. And they ain't always cross. We got straws on them, a few straws on him, a few on Superman. And we got a handful on those trucker ace, too. It's just enough. I guess we really tried to collect him enough to think, well, we're going to have the X amount that we can sell in the future. And we just kind of collected and doing what we could do for ourselves, really. Yeah. Time we were so probably disgusted with stud dog in general. <laughs> we could care less, you know. We didn't. <laughs> if when he's dead and he's gone, he's gone. <laughs> when y'all get a chance to listen to that Wimp Aaron episode, you'll hear him talk about this too. About he never believed he owned Screen River Bart too and Screen River Lipper. He said he never believed in getting them collected because Bart had fourteen hundred puppies. If Bart didn't produce something that uh was worth breeding to. Well, he probably shouldn't have been bred to to begin with. I mean, of course, that's not the case with Batman because you have Superman. You can obviously see that he has produced, you know, dogs that are worth breeding yeah, to, you know. Oh, there's so many of them. I mean, there's dogs, and I hate to get name and name because you forget about so many. Yeah, yeah. And you had Joker, and you had, uh, because you got Joker, and you got Superman. You know, years ago, there was Hobie, and uh, I mean, there's just so many. Of course, uh, yeah, Sting, and... Red Bull, and I mean, you, you can just go around on that list with them. The Sting Dog, which he's a litter mate to Superman. I mean, he's really throwed some some really nice pups. Yeah. I mean, and, and there sits Red Bull on the top of the reproducer list. I mean, with not just a couple of pups, I mean, he's got several pups out there that's doing some winning. And um, I think even Red Bull had a pup at the TOC that got pretty deep. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's pups out of him that's doing their job, too. And there's really and truly there wouldn't be any sense in us ever having to use a straw of Batman semen. Other than just uh, just uh, one of these days maybe doing it just for the excitement of it, just to have another litter of pups out of him, you know. But as far as I think, as far as having to use it, I don't think we'd ever have to use it to keep a dog to hunt. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I bet it's going to be a nice little, might be a nice uh, college fund for your kids. Yeah. You know, because a savings account, as you would say, I'm sure that they'd be worth some money here in about five, six years. Yeah, they might be to somebody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They may not bring 50 cents a piece. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this. What is next for the Kentucky River Dogs? Man, Whatever the Lord has <laughs> Yeah. Who thought that two old boys from Greyhawk, Kentucky? I mean, who thought we'd be on a podcast? Much less have a dog that's done what he's done and done. Yeah, it's all just, it's all just really just, honestly, it's unreal that that it's evolved to this, you know, and who knows, man, we just, we just common folks to try to, try to hunt and have a better dog than whoever we're going to draw right here Saturday night, you know, that's all, that's our, our main goal all along, yeah, if we went to hunt, we went to win, we wanted to win, yeah, and and I've got, I guess, the most exciting thing for me, especially since I don't really hunt like I used to. But I guess when it comes to hunting, I'm either all in or all out. 
I'm not competition hunting. I'm not hunting nothing. And my boy just turned 16 years old. I guess he's coming to realize kind of what's going on and what's went on and what I was been here. And he hit me, what was it, Michael, probably two, three weeks ago, a month ago or something. Mm-hmm. He just hit me one day and said, Dad, I think I want to hang a little bit. I'm like, oh, man, son, really? <laughs> and uh, and he's never been interested in hunting. I mean, he hunts every no. He's squirrel hunting all the time, deer hunting. He, he's a hunting, fishing holly. But coon hunting's never been nothing on his radar. And I'll be honest, it kind of it kind of excites me just a little bit because because he's an all-in type of little guy. If he ever gets started this ride, I mean, I'm afraid me and Mike is going to be right back on the same road again here pretty soon. But I guess that's probably the most exciting thing for me. And that that is great. You know, it's always great to hear kids want to get involved in it. It really, really is. You know, it's, it's awesome. So we might see some Kentucky River Dogs winning some youth hunts here coming up, huh? Well, I tell you what, I wish you to. I wish you'd have took this on a few years ago in a way, but now I guess it's better late than never. But he's got plenty of time. That's what he wants to do. And he's he's a man. He's a competition. I mean, he fishes fishing tournaments. He's on a high school fishing team. And he's all about competing. And I know what it's going to be as soon as he gets started right good. I mean, it's going to be it'll be all in, wide open, or nothing. I look forward to kind of seeing what the future might hold in it. But yeah, it might not be long. You might see it. You might see a little young guy, a little scrawny six three boy, following these dogs around. That's that's awesome. That really is. It's it just, I think it's, I think it's great. I really do. Before we get off here, it's it sounds like you're more of the breeder, and Micah don't really care about breeding. He just wants to hunt. Is that kind of how it is? <laughs> not really. Really, it's really opposite of that, probably. Uh, Especially back in the day, I got so fed up. Train like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can, whatever, you know, I can, I can carry on conversation, talk, you know, down the road. And I like to hunt. I'm all about the hunting and competition hunting. And I got so fed up with breeding these dogs and fooling with this crap. I mean, I bred, there's one time I bred like it's like 20 some or 30 females in about a six or seven week time span. And I looked at Mike and I said, look, the stud dog business is all yours. I am done. I'm over. And all I wanted to do was hunt. And I run up down the road pushing strokers. And I mean, I was I was all about the hunting, the competition, hunting, and market to have the breed. <clears throat> Heck with it. You deal with these people. You deal with it. <laughs> and, you know. And we've met so many good people and made so many good friends. You know. But there's always one or two here and there, man. Just absolutely pushed me to my limit. I had a whole lot shorter fuse than what Mike has got. And like, here you go, man. It's, it's all you. <laughs> and so it's kind of, it's kind of, I guess you could say, opposite of that, really. And, yeah. Okay. So who is the better handler? Uh, the better handler? Yeah. Probably Shane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm more out to say with it that dog don't deserve it and I'm just getting out of there. Yeah. <laughs> if I, I go, you're gonna have to beat me. You gotta beat me and I don't quit. Okay. If I've got a if I've got an inkling of a chance, I'll be right there to the end. But okay. 
if you see me bail out of the cast, it's because I absolutely don't have a chance or my dog absolutely needs an attitude adjustment. Yeah, I'm more apt to withdraw and give the attitude adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I figured I'd throw that in there. I thought that'd be a funny question to ask y'all. I didn't know. Man, well, we, we, Micah's done a lot of winning in the last, in the last few years here. Micah's done a lot of winning, buddy. He probably, he's done as much or more than, than me now, you know, but. Has he, has he been to more competitions in the past few years than you have, though? Oh, well, in the last two or three, four years, yeah. Yeah. 150% more than me. Yeah. Micah, do you prefer to hunt, do you prefer PKC over UKC or you just like them both about the same? I like them both, and especially now with the new rule set. I be honest with you, yeah, they're, they're both just as good. And plus, it's kind of getting more. Both of them is starting to see eye to eye, and they're uh, getting where you ain't having to uh, to keep as much in mind as far as you know countdown here in this one or whatever. You know, both of them kind of has similar rule sets, so. I like both of them. I don't prefer one over the other. Yeah, that, that's how I hunt. hunt the yeah. I'm the same way. You know, I, I like the UKC's moving forward. They're, you know, you can win your gas money back. You have the opportunity. I like that, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think they're both great, and they're both great for the sport, and I'm glad that y'all feel that way. There's a lot of people out here that don't. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. Yeah, they are. Man, did we did we miss anything? I had a great time with this interview. I really did. I'm sorry that I'm hoarse, can't hardly talk, but – um. I, I some true, I'm gonna have to get me a Kentucky River dog. Next time y'all breed Batman to a nice female, y'all got a good puppy coming along. Let me know. I'm gonna come up here and get me one. I'm serious. You know, I tried. Right, to, I told Micah this, so I tried a, a a black and tan dog when I was looking for a new dog out of a. Uh, he was out of Batman, uh, a half sister maybe to Batman, but this dog was it didn't work out. But I, I always since then it kind of piqued my interest from the Kentucky River dogs. I seen how how well it. You know, I looked at Batman's reproduction and everything, and I'm kind of a history buff in that, and I don't know anything about black and tans. So I had to research it. And that kind of piqued my interest. And y'all were two people that I had in mind when I started this podcast. I said, if I had to do a black and tan guy, you know, of course I won't do Mr. Jarvis, but that didn't that didn't happen. I wish it would have. But then I always thought about the Kentucky River guys and that, the Batman guys. So y'all were actually some of them that I had in mind when I first started this podcast to do, you know, I wanted y'all to know that it wasn't just, it was, you know, and other people have recommended I do y'all too, but y'all were some that I did have in mind, you know, when I started this, I don't know yeah. if y'all, yeah, y'all didn't know that. Yeah. I really did. But I think we appreciate the opportunity. It's actually a humbling experience. I just say, yeah. And we appreciate you. And everything you do. Well, it's humbling to me. What I've listened to so far has been top notch. Well, and it's humbling to me too, because, you know, I don't, you know, and just like me, y'all didn't know that I followed the Kentucky River dogs, you know? I mean, there's no telling how many people actually follow those dogs and know about them that that y'all don't even know about, you know? I mean, I'm one example. I mean, so there's just, there's got to be more than me, you know? I mean, I know there is, and y'all know about them, but, you know, there, there's a lot of people that like those dogs. I think they are breeding dogs that can win, that have one, you know, and if people are looking for a black and tan that can win and wants one that with a lot of drive and some heart, that's where I'd go. That's just me. We but, sure um, appreciate it. 
Man, I'm going to let y'all get off here. Y'all got anything to add before we sign off? There's a ton of people that probably deserve a lot more credit than we do. You start naming names, you know, it'd be a, it'd be, we'd forget somebody sure as the world, but they all know who they are. And they know they know we they know we sure do appreciate them, what all they've done to help us. And the advice they've given us over the years, there's a guy, most black and tan people know him, Randy Skaggs, and he lives 35, 40 minutes from us. And probably one of the funniest guys you ever get the opportunity to hunt with and man we just spent so many good times and good nights of hunting with randy just listening to randy talk you know he probably he probably had a lot of guidance and a lot of a lot of influence on us somewhat that <laughs> that he don't even realize you know but man he's been around dogs and hunted dogs for he's forgot more than me and michael would ever know or remember and He's, oh yeah, and I know we're gonna leave people out, but I mean him or uh, Mike Crockett, Dean Miller. Yeah, there's two other guys I want to mention: uh, Jimmy Reese and and uh, and I cannot forget Jeff Woods. Jeff Woods has been a big help to to me and my brother and everything that we've done too. And I mean he's he kept Batman up there for several years, breeding females for us and. I mean, I, we couldn't have done a lot of things without him. So I, I don't, and I hate getting into that mentioning names because I know I'm going to leave somebody out. But them two guys and and the other three guys I mentioned there before, I, them guys I really wanted to, you know, say something about. I mean, the list goes on. So many people, and they're all well-known men too. And we wouldn't be nowhere where we're at if it wasn't for the for the help and the guidance from them guys at all. And now let me ask y'all something. You going back to y'all's grandfather who got y'all into hunting? You think he would feed a dog like Superman? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know the I know the answer to that question, but I'll let Mike answer. <laughs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> I figured I'd throw that in there. That's pretty uh, hunting with my I mean, He might just because I've done a lot with him. Yeah. But as far as him, you know, I, I don't know if he would or not. <laughs> He'd be more keen to feed Batman, wouldn't he? Yeah, I would say you're right. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. A lot of them old timers, they don't like him deep and lonely. <laughs> I figured out, I thought that was pretty funny. I figured I'd throw that in there. But, um, man, I appreciate having y'all on. I know everybody's going to love this, and it's just been a great, great podcast. I've really enjoyed it. I really have, guys. And thank y'all so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good day. Bye. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bye. I really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you like what you heard here, go on over to Facebook give us a like at coon hunting you also go to apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review it really helps us out and remember if you need a new hunting light do not overlook superior they make an awesome light best customer service in the business man their walking light and double red is the brightest i've ever seen use coupon code chu podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com you can find the link in the description box below this coon hunting university is a product of audio hound productions until next time y'all have a wonderful day